Asia Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. All groups of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents here on Community Radio 3CR. I'm Giselle Hanna. Good morning and I'm Pierre Morrow and I don't know to all you people listening out there what's the weather like but for us here it's a beautiful late autumn day and the sun is sparkling out there. So good morning to all. But also, also to say, Pierre, that when you say where we are, you and I are in slightly different areas. I think you're in uh, Coburg and I'm in West Brunswick. I mean, like very, very close to one yeah. another. But We're still. in Melbourne. Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. How's that? <laughs> okay, fine. Um, of course, we continue our COVID broadcasting from our homes with the amazing support of 3CR staff that continue to work during this time, um, but because we are maintaining social distancing, we're working from our homes. A huge shout out to 3CR staff. Um, of course, coming up in um, uh, next month is the online fundraising drive. We're not able to do uh, Radiothon like we traditionally do it, but we are asking you listeners to please um, support Community Radio. Um, the staff have been working to reorganise the station for our return, the return of the volunteers and programmers. They're doing all kinds of things, um, putting screens up and so on, so that we remain safe, so that we can continue to bring you alternative news and current affairs. So please um, help us, support us. Uh, go to our website, 3cr.org.au, um, to find out how you can do donate and contribute. That's right, because really 3CR radio is a unique radio station that's been going on, I think, well, over 40 years, maybe 44 years, started in during the a huge uh, labor movement struggle in the 70s and it's still going on and it's programs like this which are brought to you by australia asia worker links and giselle afterwards will give you all the details how to contact us uh, brings you a um the a focus on labor struggles from the asia pacific region where very very few other programs if any actually do that um so any so is listeners are interested giselle how do they contact us that's right you can uh find us on the web all the w's.aawl.org.au you can also find us on facebook and twitter so look us up on those social media platforms look up aawl um and you can also email us at aawl at aawl.org.au now, we should Thank let you know, listeners, unfortunately, this week, we don't have a feature story for you in the second part of the show. So we are going to fill our half hour with um, our mini news segment. So there'll be lots of news. And we'll also, in a rare occurrence, we're going to play some music for you. And, um, well, and I have to say... Before we start, Giselle um, actually selected the music, so um, I hope that it will be uh, a pleasant to your years. But we'll <laughs> just have to wait and see. Ha <laughs> ha. Now, do anyway, you want to kick off? Yeah, look, I'll I'll kick off. 
but we'll go to Lebanon, where amid the crushing economic crisis in Lebanon, temporary migrant workers are facing some of the toughest issues. The case of Ariwolo Olamide Temitope, a Nigerian domestic worker who was barred from leaving the country this week, caught widespread media attention. Temitope had already been in the media a month before this week when pictures of her bloodied and battered face from the beatings of her employer became public. Now, while her employer um, has been put under investigation and barred from employing any more domestic labour, they were still able to stop Tammy Tobe from leaving the country due to the kafala system. The kafala system, as we have reported before, um, grants employers rights over their workers, including holding on to their passport. Now, unfortunately, um, the whereabouts of Temi Tope are currently unknown, and there are safety for her. Uh, there are fears for her safety. Um, still in the Middle East, two Palestinians were wounded while harvesting wheat amid continuing political tensions within the Israeli government and heightened expectations as to what they'll announce in relation to annexing more Palestinian land. The situation on the ground is becoming more tense. This week, two Palestinian farmers near El Murayir, village east of Jerusalem, were shot by the Israeli army while they were harvesting wheat. While originally the army stated that the soldiers acted in self-defence after being attacked, they later retracted this as the facts became better known. Eyewitness accounts state that a group of Israeli settlers from a nearby colony established just a few days previously, went to the farmers in the field and began harassing and taunting them. When it became obvious that the Palestinians were not going to retaliate, the settlers called in the army, stating that they were in danger. I think that's a, yeah, that's a terrible um, story, um, really, and it shows you the, the wanton uh, violence that just really occurs day in, day out for the majority of Palestinians, that the soldiers basically just went in there and, and shot them. Um, we now go to India, where we've actually brought you a number of stories of uh, over the last um, few weeks and still about uh, migrant workers, particularly where the situation for them continues to be dire. Although in the past few weeks, the Indian government has put on special trains to ferry migrant workers home instead of them having to walk or, or travel via other insecure modes of transport. This has resulted in new problems. Because of the lockdown, many of the employees of Indian railways are not at work. And in conjunction with the searing heat of the pre-monsoon uh, time, many of these trains have suffered long delays. Media reports have identified that a number of workers and their family members have now died while on these journeys due to hunger, lack of water and heat exhaustion. So, look, unfortunately, another really terrible stories, but again, it shows that um, how um, we as workers are not only at the danger of, of the disease itself, of catching and then dying at, but also for the economic lockdown, the, 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 what it's, been, it's doing to a lot of us. It's incredible. So, so we're going to go to our first music break in this week's edition of Asia Pacific Currents. And many listeners will know that this week is Reconciliation Week to coincide with the 26th of May, which is National Sorry Day. 
National Sorry Day is supposed to acknowledge the stolen generations and the, um, well, we'll use stronger language than the government does, but basically the acknowledgement of genocide in Australia. Um, the track that we're going to is called Lost Generation by Monica Whiteman. Monica Whiteman is a Queensland Aboriginal woman who uh, in her second album discovered that she had Aboriginal ancestry in the world, that she is Aboriginal. And she wrote the song Lost Generation, which talks a little bit about her experience of discovering her indigeneity um, and putting that uh, to music. So here is Monica Whiteman with Lost Generation.
Travis from Larrakia Country, and I'm here to talk about the Reading Writing Hotline. It's a service that helps adults who can't read and write as well as they'd like to. The number is 1300 655 06. Give them a call if you know somebody who needs help with reading and writing. It's never too late to learn, and it's easier than you think. 1300 655 06. 1300 655 06. The Reading Writing Hotline. A 3CR supporter. Throughout the month of June, 3CR is running a station appeal. We're asking you, the listener, to donate to keep the station going. 3CR relies on the support of our listeners, but we know that many of you are doing it hard. So if you can't, we get it. But if you can, head to 3cr.org.au to make your tax-deductible donation to the 3CR station appeal. And just before those community announcements, uh, you heard Lost Generation by Monica Whiteman. You are listening to Community Radio 3CR and this is Asia Pacific Currents. Pierre, we resume our uh, news from around the region and I guess I will pick up. Yeah, can Uh, I just make a comment that I agree with your music choice? just to let listeners know. No, I and didn't need I your make... approval. I, I mean, since when do I require your approval for my music choices, Conrad? Uh, um, you don't, but I'm just letting the listeners know that. That's how oh, I think you. Uh, it's, the, it's our conversation and connection with our listeners. But um, I would also like to say that um, this week for, for people knowing Australia, there was a terrible event in the north of WA connected with um, indigenous cultures and issues. Basically, uh, there has been a cave that's been discovered and there has been studied that's over 40,000 year old artifacts and uh, incredible archeological um, wealth of information was in that cave. It was not studied properly, but this week Rio Tinto, which is one of the biggest mining companies in the world, actually blew it up because there's a bit of iron ore in and around that cave. Um, And that was actually done legally as well. So it was an incredible example of uh, cultural vandalism and really just shows the continuing cultural genocide that is happening in Australia. Thank you for that. Uh, We will go uh, return to news from around the region, although that item, Pierre, is um, important and newsworthy. Um, But in the Philippines, human rights groups are under renewed attack. Around two weeks ago, the Philippine Defence Secretary, Delphine Lorenzana, stated in a media conference that the International Coalition for Human Rights in the Philippines was engaged in armed struggle in the Philippines. 
Given the authoritarian nature of the Duterte government and the impunity that death squads have been given in the last three years, such an accusation can only be seen as an incitement to murder. This so-called red tagging is unfortunately all too common in the Philippines and serves to create a climate of terror for all labour and human rights activists. This latest accusation needs also to be seen in light of growing social tensions due to the social and economic impact of the COVID-19 lockdown in the Philippines. For our next story, we go to Iran. And, and fortunately, we can actually give a little bit of good news. As this week, we received news there are a number of imprisoned labour activists from the Haftapeh sugarcane agro-industrial complex situated in the city of Shush in southwestern Iran have been released from prison and their sentences revoked. This has uh, resulted after ongoing protests by the prisoners themselves within prison and supporters both inside and outside of Iran. Now, as listeners would know, as we brought you news before in the past, the workforce at the Haftape sugarcane factory have for years campaigned for better conditions and wages and have survived multiple waves of repression against them. In other labour news in Iran, hundreds of city workers in Khomeini port stage a major protest outside the governor's office to demand five months of unpaid wages. Uh, reports coming out uh, indicate that this year the number of workers whose wages have not been paid has been rapidly increasing. And in Iraq, a recently released report by United Nations organisation, the United Nations Assist Assistance Mission for Iraq, has confirmed that during the last six months of mass popular protests, scores of demonstrators have been abducted and tortured by state-sponsored armed militias. Following a pause because of COVID-19, mass protests have returned to all major cities in Iraq. In the southern city of Basra, thousands of workers at the Basra Gas Company stage mass protests over the continued problems of unpaid wages and layoffs. Some of the workers' tents set up at a protest camp outside the oil facilities were later attacked and burnt by government security forces. There were unconfirmed reports of injuries to the workers. And that brings us to our next um, uh, music break and actually Pierre I wanted to ask you if you wanted to choose it now I'm going to narrow the choices down for you so our next song will come from the Asian Dub Foundation and for those of you who are avid followers of Asian Dub Foundation you will know that our introductory theme music is a track called Collective Mode by Asian Dub Foundation. So, uh, Pierre, shall we let our listeners hear the song in full? I think that's a fantastic choice, Giselle. Go let it rip.
pass on now we're ripping the crop Spreading the roots and we're no longer underground Do I start to know where you're no turning around On beats and hi-hats fighting your daily sword But your next questions and the breaks from my butt Too many sick party stories are that I've never been told We feel it on agendas, we move the blindfold Examine the story before you take the stage And us come up with your display on the front page Frequency flashing up Pacific Currents theme music in full, which is a track called Collective Mode by Asian Dub Foundation. Uh, so interesting. Well, it's great to hear that song in total, isn't it? That's right. That's right. No, no, it's, 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 good, to, it's good to know and um, actually should um, try and listen to them more often. I'm not even too sure if they're still around. Do you um, know? I don't know the answer to that, but I do think they're excellent left wing and their music is fabulous. That's right. All right, we'll go back to our last four items of uh, news from the region. And this time is from Australia. And again, it uh, concerns temporary workers. While the Australian government has enacted uh, new welfare programs to partly uh, keep workers in jobs or pay welfare to them via the JobKeeper and JobSeeker programs, workers on temporary visas have been excluded from these programs. 
with many of these workers not able to return to their home country, they are left in increasingly desperate situations. Charities all around Australia have reported a huge increase in demand from migrant workers, while a recent survey found that hundreds of thousands of migrant workers had actually uh, dipped and accessed their pension funds to survive. In a related um, news item, a City of Melbourne Council program intended to provide food to a up to a thousand uh, international students had to be expanded and then kept within days when 17,000 registered, registered for the scheme. And again, showing the scale of the problem that exists in Australia. And last week, in the middle of Ramadan, residents in many of the suburbs of Turkey's third city, Ismir, were surprised that many mosques, instead of the Adhan, the ritual call to Islamic prayer, spread the notes of the Italian song, Bella Ciao. Bella Ciao is an Italian folk song that was popularised by the communist resistance during the Second World War in Italy. The version being sung in Turkey was a rendi- uh, the, sorry, the version being sung in Turkish was a rendition that had been sung by Turkish folk group Grup Yorum. Last month, three leading members of this group died after being on voluntary fasting for close to a year as a protest action. The members were protesting against the Turkish authorities' ban, preventing them to perform in concert on charges of links with terrorism. The group Yurum began in the mid-1980s, with most members coming from working-class neighbourhoods of Istanbul and have always been known for their political songs. Great story. Yes, and I highly recommend uh, to go and search for for their songs and their concerts. Um, Quite good. Um, We go now to China where food delivery riders in Chinese cities have become a huge sector of the economy. We reports that there are up to six millions of these workers daily, delivering daily a wide array of food and beverages across China's busy and congested cities. While the pay for these workers is low, the demand for their services was such that for many it it was a worthwhile job. The economic downturn of this year has now meant that many workers previously employed in export-oriented industries or local construction and manufacturing are now turning to food delivery as their new employment. Just one of these um, food delivery companies, Meituan, has added close to half a million new riders to its list in just over two months. In addition, with a downturn in demand due to the economic crisis, riders are now struggling to maintain the wages and are forced to work even much longer hours than before. And our final story for this week's program comes from South Korea, where a protester continues their lonely vigil. For close to a year, Kim Yong-hee has been staging sit-ins and hunger strikes at the top of a 20-metre-tall traffic tower overlooking one of the busiest intersections in Seoul and in line of sight with one of the corporate head offices of Samsung. Mr Kim was a worker at Samsung in the 1990s when, seeing firsthand the exploitation and abuse of fellow workers, he decided to organise an independent union. He, and as many others before him and afterwards, was quickly sacked by the company. Mr Kim has struggled since 1995 to get his job back as well as compensation and an apology from the company. 
Samsung, Samsung Corporation is well known in South Korea and across the world for its ruthless anti-union stance. And last year, 39 current or former Samsung managers and officials were found guilty of a sustained and conspiratorial campaign to sabotage any efforts to organise independent unions at Samsung. And of course, uh, we should also mention that Samsung has a hideous occupational health and safety record against its workers, where the uh, manufacture of Samsung products using highly toxic chemicals has caused um, numerous tumours and brain cancers and so on in its workers and Samsung is ignoring the evidence and definitely ignoring compensation. That's right, that's right. It's, and, and of course, uh, the struggle continues to unionise uh, Samsung all around the world. And Giselle, I think that brings us to the end of the news roundup and of this uh, show, which again really shows our flexibility in bringing you news from around the Asia-Pacific uh, region. It does. I do want to emphasise how amazing 3CR's staff have been. Um, and I'm not saying that because I have been associated with 3CR for 20 years now. But actually, if you are a volunteer or a programmer at 3CR, you will know just how extraordinary those people, those staff are being in helping us get our shows um, broadcast when none of us can access the station. So please keep us on air, um, go to 3CR's website and find out how you can support us financially during this very economically crippling time for so many people, but definitely for um, organisations like 3CR that operate on the smell of an oily rag and rely almost entirely on its supporters out there. All right, so that's uh, that's um, completely agree with that, and uh, we'll certainly be back, and we'll certainly do our bit. So um, that's all for us uh, this week. We hope you keep uh, safe. We hope that you keep organising wherever you are, and uh, and let's hope that we can start winning. So that's all from me, Pierre Morrow. We'll be back for another week of Asia Pacific Currents uh, next week. And that's all from me, Giselle Hannah.